Welcome back to Wii Sports. <laughs> Get your head in the game. And we're back. This is Drew Sitzwith, Ryan Schwartz, and Jaron Gandy. Thanks for having me. <laughs> Thanks. For, glad to be glad, back. Glad on to the be show. back. <laughs> My grandfather. I'll go. Hey, good to see you. And he goes, "Good to be seen." <laughs> it's a good one. Fun, fun little game we play. Where like he doesn't love you or show you affection, yeah. kind of <laughs> die inside. Yeah, it's like that That's South fun. Park where it's like, uh, "I ain't your buddy, pal." Why ain't your pal guy? <laughs> so, Drew, what's on the agenda for for tonight? So, I was thinking maybe we could go around and talk about our weeks. Oh. Jaron, maybe we could start with you. Jaron's hosting us tonight. We're out in beautiful, sunny Arlington Heights again. Snowy Arlington Heights. Yeah, we got um, a little blizzard this week. Yeah. Who's ready for the cold front to come in? Um, I mean, uh, really, just... Um, just got back from uh, PGA National down in Florida with uh, the company I'm with, uh, PGA uh, Superstore, and um, got to learn all of the um, new products coming out for the next season. Um, a lot of good, solid products. Um, I think the best part was actually getting out on the range. Uh, that you would typically see like Tiger Woods during those Honda Classic tournaments going on uh, at PGA National and um, getting to really just embrace the vibe of golf. Oh, yeah. Just got back uh, last Friday since uh, my plane broke down out of 300 people to go on this trip, two of which from this area did not make it back until the next day. So we got to uh, enjoy uh, West Palm Beach in its full. Uh, not just that golf course resort, but overall, it's been great. So did you, you, you went to the airport, I'm guessing? Yeah, so we made it to the airport, and then um, when our flight was supposed to board, which is like 30 minutes before everybody else from our stores was boarding their flight on a different airline, I don't want to throw shade on them, but I, we were on American, and they were on United. Everybody that was on United <laughs> got out. American did not. Really? So we had a we had a wait a delay and then that delay turned into oh your flight's leaving at five AM the next day. And then it turned into oh your flight's leaving at eight AM the next day. So who paid for the hotel? Did you go back? Like where did, where did you stay? What happened? So we company card. stayed I wish we had company cards. Um uh, but we stayed Is all out of pocket? No no. So because the fact that Americans' flight was delayed, they gave us a voucher for a stay at the Hampton Inn nearby. Then they gave us two uh, meal vouchers, one for me, one for the other guy that was with us. And then um, they said that we were still on travel time until we clock into that hotel or check into that hotel. And then um, after, that, after that point, I mean, we got there by 8 o'clock, 8.15 whole other issue in itself from having to deal with them being like, oh, your voucher doesn't work with us. Well, that's because the person I called to verify it checked me in with no credit card and messed up the entire system. So we were able to check out like just the downtown area of West Palm Beach and like get to see like what that area really is like because we have a store down there too. So it's like, well, it's a little bit of 
scoping out like if we want to go down there and go to those stores like what type of experience we would see yeah because you're thinking about moving from this area going down south somewhere trying to go to a different store right i would love to i would love to because as a sales manager right now i have opportunities i've already been asked from a couple of other stores i met on this trip if i would want to put my name in the hat to move down to their stores uh, in the same role. Otherwise, what I'm trying to do is become like a general manager for a store and start up my own store down south with the company. Um, right now, I don't, I don't think Florida is a good option just because they have so many stores already. Oversaturated. But, but like the market down there is fantastic. They just opened up a store in North Carolina. They have a few in South Carolina. Yeah, I feel like that would be like a growth opportunity like the Carolinas where it's like you have the benefit of a addressable market, but it's also kind of underserved. Like there's opportunity to open up more stores probably. Correct. So it's like I see a lot more opportunity in that aspect going somewhere just outside that Southeast South region. So maybe like a Charleston. Well, they have a store there, unfortunately. Otherwise, yes, that would be awesome. But they only What's have the college town. What's North Carolina? What's uh, so Tar Heels? Well, that's oh, in uh, uh, Chapel Hill. Chapel Hill. So the store we have over there right now is in Charlotte. Funny enough, that's where my family just moved to. But I feel like with the fact that Charlotte is still like two hours away from Pinehurst, you have opportunities a little bit closer to the coast to open up another store. Okay. So when I was down there for Christmas, I was able to go see Pinehurst and everything like that. Honestly, man, Carolinas, I've been to both now. Fantastic. Like, you, you can't go wrong. <laughs> like, you go yeah. anywhere there, you're going to be met with great hospitality, and you're going to be met with great people. Totally. What's the, uh, what's the downside? If you, had to, if you had to pick one, what, what, you know? I would say the downside to all of that is starting over oh, okay because one moving to illinois from arizona going into high school already challenging enough yeah to me dude you're a rolling stone you're you're a traveler you know you've been all over this, i this i country. love traveling i love being able to see new places but it's not that i'm afraid of the opportunity of starting over it's the afraid of it's intimidating you should you kind of should be afraid what what you're leaving behind connections i'm leaving behind of course yeah so it's natural to feel that way it's something that's on the board it's been on the board for about a year now but um just getting out of illinois period trying to go south start over have a little bit better weather listen i'm an arizona guy i i do not like the snow Totally. I will I will do a snowboard trip. But shit, that's three days. Yeah. Like get me the get me the fuck out of here. A little different. Yeah. yeah. So um anything that kind of works towards that is kind of like ultimately what I'm looking at, but I'm also after this trip uh down to Florida and meeting with the vendors and all their fitters. I feel like there's a lot more opportunity for me to just be like well, if I get in good with one of these vendors, which 
this trip for me personally was a lot more about networking than it was about the product considering the position I'm in. I would much rather have the opportunity to say I'm with Titleist, TaylorMade, Callaway, Mizuno, whatever. And working, working specifically with them. Because my whole thing is I would love as a sales mind be able to just focus on one target. Not there's 15 different vendors I'm selling 30 plus products from. I can kind of hone in that information. You specialize in out. something, yeah. Correct. And I feel like with that, like what I went down to last week was kind of our version of PGA show, which happened this week where everybody's invited at a cost. But I got to do all of that before they were able to. It's pretty cool. A lot of the guys early access. Yeah, early access and uh first first uh eyes on like certain things going on within those vendors. I bet that's so cool because the whole golf lifestyle is such a big thing, especially in Florida, and you're part of the PGA team and it's the early you know I, I bet they did it right. I'm sure you had a fucking It was a fantastic time. time. Yeah, um, I'm sure it was great. <laughs> Each night, technically, we were there for the trip. How much free shit did you get, dude? Did you get a big gift basket when you got there, or what? You got a whole so bag Taylor, of new clubs? So, <laughs> TaylorMade sponsored a Theragun, delivered to everybody's Oh, awesome. He's got it right here. He's got the bed. setup. That night, um, <laughs> the first night that we were down there. That's so cool. How awesome is it? It was. It's awesome. Uh, on top of that, like, when the first day we were there, they even said, our company said, because of the years we've been having, we're going to hook everybody up that's at this resort for this uh, summit convention with a free driver of your choosing after getting fitted. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't planning on it this year with updating my driver, but, but. if you give me the opportunity, I'm going to grab hold of it and find out which one's actually going to work the best. The nice thing is I have a lot of ties already to some of these companies that I know they're fitters that just came in. Mm. So I specifically went to them to understand how can this be optimized for me? Give me the best thing possible right now. I'm not going to give you what I want. I want you to just fit me for what's best. Just because as a fitter before a sales manager, I understand the value of not knowing what's being handed to you and just seeing the results because it can take a lot of that biasness out of the equation. So what are your biases? Bias biases? Well, I've been, I would say I've been a tailor-made guy since forever. I feel like that does have a huge effect on how you just like your whole approach is if you kind of come into something, you have a favorite club you're trying to hit you want to hit that one better because you want to confirm that like oh this is a better club right so that's why when you were saying you want to specify to one company i feel like it'd be more way more interesting to sell all of the different brands because there's more variety instead of just the same right. clubs changed a, a little net. bit each year you know but there's also like three different driver versions coming out from each different company okay gotcha. so it's like there's, there's a already a variety and diversity 
diversification to where it's hard when I'm trying to fit somebody right now with, I have all these vendors. I have at least three driver heads for each one. I have different lofts for each one. I can't get you through all of them in a reasonable time to really understand what's going to be the best for you. Whereas if I'm dialed in and I'm like, okay. What's an average fitting time? Hour? An hour would be like, hour and a half maybe, would be like a good time. But to get an actual true fitting would be more like, what? With eight hours? I mean, what? how where, long does it take? Where I'm at, it could be a couple of days. We could literally focus on, let's do two vendors this day, let's do two vendors the next day. So about the heads, what about the shafts, different lengths, different Correct. weights. Correct. We everything. already know your numbers on the other ones. I can save that rec that creation of numbers based off our simulators. And I can show you the next day. Uh, you know what? These two didn't work for you, vendors wise. Now we're shortening that stack. And I can kind of dial it into the point where I'm like, okay. Again, a lot of this comes from feel. And I can't tell you how you feel about a certain club. I can tell you what I feel about a certain club in my hands. But that could be different than you. So right. I aside from a fitter's perspective, it's more so on the fact that you have these options, A, B, C. You don't know what you just hit because me as a fitter, I don't want you to know. Because me, back to the example, been a tailor-made guy i may not want to go with like a callaway or a ping just because that's not the same style but if you're going to prove to me that this club in fact is going to be better for you in the long run well i'd be dumb not to take that opportunity right of course so i ended up getting fits on each vendor's driver and honestly just number-wise and visually, the Callaway was probably the best driver for me coming out. The Paradigm, which they just signed with Good Good, or they just signed Good Good to them. Then they just signed Bob Does Sports to them. They have a really legit podcaster from, um, or I should say influencer from Illinois. Uh, his name is Roger Steele. Uh, he, who was actually a guest down during our summit, did his own uh, podcast down there. Very uh, cool. So that was cool to see. But based on a numbers perspective and that visual aspect, I'm a big sucker for blue. The driver head is blue. <laughs> the shaft I got fit for is a fancy-ass blue, black transitioning to blue. Awesome. And it's a different quality shaft. So it's like, and this is all free, right? 100%. So it's like... That's so you can just get whatever you want. Go crazy. Do whatever. From what we were told, it's just whatever you want. Yeah. Didn't have, they never mentioned it had to be stock. Like, it can't be one of the stock shafts that a normal customer can come in and get. Right. It was what I was fit for. Hey. And I know the fitter from Callaway, and I was lucky enough to see him the night before, because each night, each vendor posted a dinner. Taylor made Callaway Cobra. Well, Taylor made after their dinner. The Callaway guy that I know, um, 
ended up being at the bar. So I was throwing some shit at him. You're mingling a little bit. I was mingling. I was socializing. I was I was meeting people from other stores, and I noticed him. So I called I called him out, and I was I like, said, "Hey, cutie, what are you doing over here by yourself?" I said, "Hey, man, what, what brings you down to Florida?" Um, and fancy enough, he had the same answer. I'm here for the PGA, uh, PGA Superstore uh, Summit. So I said, okay, man. I did a um, I did a personal, just before we came down on the trip, I tested out all the products that we had already had. And I kind of picked out my top three. So I kind of went into this with a bias. And when I went up to his booth, which was the last booth of the first day of testing stuff, um, which was the second day we were down there, he ended up fitting me into it. And I was able to control my shots, hit a little bit further. We were on a downslope, and it still had the better carry distance and total yardage. Um, and I had a little bit more functionality with trying to control, control what I wanted the club to actually be. Um, but I will say this. Keep your eye on Wilson Golf. Really? They have a lot of surprising products coming out and collaborations that a lot of people wouldn't really realize or like recognize, but they're all good for the program for them. It's very interesting. Dude, quick se- quick segue. You a, lo- a while ago at the start of the podcast, you mentioned uh, that your flight was grounded. Did you guys hear about how there was that nationwide flight grounding like two or three weeks ago that apparently they attributed to a small bug in the communication systems between like towers and what it was uh, the FAA that yeah, that said the, nationwide yeah. just shut down on flights and, and it was for that full day. Also, I not to sound like Alex Jones too much, but I feel like there's been a lot of suspicious shit going on as far as like big companies getting hacked like Two or three days ago, uh, Microsoft Teams, which like probably eighty percent of like the corporate world in America runs on, was hacked and it was down, and you like couldn't connect. Any Microsoft Teams client could not use it for like a period of two or three hours in the morning. So I don't know about all this shit. That's not to sound like a conspiracy theorist too much, but I just feel like there's a lot of sus shit going on on a high level that it's kind of being whisked away by like all the media is like oh it's yeah. routine or there's there's this totally rational explanation no need to freak out but I, who knows what's going on behind closed doors i feel like there is a lot of issues going on in the airline industry since the return to flights after covid i feel like I mean, since nine well, eleven. i mean okay well that's i've flown probably like five times three or four at least three or four times since covid and i feel like it's almost like seamless but I'm yeah. never going to be that person that's having a fight with a flight attendant over wearing a mask. Like if someone yells I mean, at me, I would. I would just drop it down, dude. Just, that's a bad. Like, I thought it was. I thought it was bullshit, but I'm not going to cause a fucking. Scene. Was it fucking Odell Beckham Jr. or something? Just like delayed a flight for hours because he was like, "Fuck you." Right. Just, right. Like, it's like, dude. Okay. But nobody else likes people. this shit. I don't right. remember how exactly that, that came to be. That wasn't over the mask. That was over it, something else. It, it was. It was something with another passenger. That led to the flight attendant talking to Odell. What's going on? While Jaron's pulling up that article. How was your week? I had a good week, man. Pretty uh, really? pretty chill. Started studying for this uh, test I have to take for work. Got to study up on alternative investments. And then uh, 
potentially source this new lead for my company. So, right. a good week. <laughs> so you were we'll saying that, that um, you were kind of looking in the weeds and you found this. Yeah, and I shouldn't say it was that, uh, it wasn't like that astute of an observation. We get these newsletters that basically is like industry news or like whenever a potential client issues a search or an RFP for some sort of type of business that we do. I'll re I should be reading through that. So it was kind of just me doing my job. But right, you were diligent and you, you caught something yeah. early though, which is And I was the first I was the one to catch cool. it. Yeah. yeah, I was the one to catch that's it. That's pretty so, cool. Yeah, For was, your I mean major comp I mean that's it's huge, you know, it's yeah. a big deal. That's pretty cool. Yeah, dude. It was uh hopefully, you know, who knows, but I I'm just still waiting to get like my first sale or my first like client, you know? Right now, I'm still kind of on the sidelines, like in the. Are in you the in a position office. to actually do something like that, though? Or are you still in a training or? So junior position, not in any disrespect. It's not in. It's not an expectation yet, right. so I don't have a revenue target. But all the you don't CRMs, have a list of clients, right? You know, so how could you? Right. Get more clients. But ideally, that's what I want to graduate to, and I actually have my year-end review next week. And my boss was telling me he's like, for this call, like all I want to really hear about because you haven't been here that long is like, where do you want to go? Where do you see yourself in five years? So that's what kind of prepping for. And I was talking, Some I was actually essential shit. Dude. That's always the best conversation with your boss. Yeah. And I was Where do you want to be in five years? I want to be in a position higher than you. Period. So I was even talking today with not my boss, but this guy I kind of work with, but he's definitely more senior than me. He's probably like forty five. Um he's relatively new to the firm too, but he was just asking me like kind of the same sort of questions, like where do you see yourself? Like, how are you liking things so far? This and that. So I was kind of exploring different opportunities with him. And he also highlighted the fact that I work at such a big company is I could transfer internally to a bunch of different kinds of positions. So if I right. wanted to, I was even telling him like, he was like, yo, you should go over to Zurich and work like on the investment team out in Switzerland. Cause I was telling him how I wanted to have more of a product focus. And that's That'd where a lot of our so product teams crazy. are. And he told me, he's like, Bill would, my boss, he's like, Bill would put in a word for you. Like you could get that done. And I told him in response, I was like, I kind of want to go, if I was going to go to a foreign country, I want to go to a Spanish speaking country. Right. Right. Cause right, I have, right. I have a little bit of Spanish that I'd like to develop. And we actually have a person who deals with Latin American sovereign wealth funds. So like government funds that invest on behalf of like basically tax revenues and like surpluses that they get. So he was like, Hey, shoot her an email. And like, you know, set up a coffee chat and who knows in like a year or two, it wouldn't be that Madrid, baby. It wouldn't be that Ooh. it would be a long process. But if he's like, if you wanted to, like you could definitely push that through, like that could get done. And he's, would you go Madrid or Barcelona? Barth Barcelona. I have no fucking idea. Anywhere. That would be pretty crazy. What about South America? Would you do that? Well, that's what this, this woman that I work with, that's who Senorita. She that's her her client segment is just that latin american right. sovereign wealth fund did you so, know that steve-o's dad was the ceo of pepsi brazil what yeah did not know that steve-o was born in, in england but his dad was like the and then i think he also worked for like lucky strike or something oh. like the cigarette company yeah. like steve-o's dad like one percenter crazy super rich that's why steve-o was just like a fuck off whatever trust fund baby wanted attention because his, his dad was busy running pepsi in brazil honestly I mean, that makes so much sense for like yeah 
who Steve-O is. Like, yeah. oh, shit. That's, that's why abuse. he went to the University of Miami and then flunked out, started living in the diving diving team house. Does that make sense? So they taught him how to do, like, flips off the diving board and shit. And then, like, his first trick was that he, he would douse himself in gasoline and then do a fucking backflip standing oh, and just light himself on fire. That's hilarious. Well, it was like a party trick. You, so like <laughs> fucking psycho. And he like jump off like three story roofs into pools and shit. Do either of you remember, I can't remember the name of the show off the top of my head, but on MTV, it was Steve-O and Chris DePontis or Pontus? Pontius. Wild Pontius. Boys. Wild Boys, yeah. They jump in the ocean with the sharks and shit. Yeah, and, and like <laughs> anytime there's something involving like a snake or anything like that, Steve-O is just like out. Like right. I, you're not getting me anywhere near that shit. <sighs> yeah, snakes are bad. R.I.P. Chris. Pontius. Chris Pontius is still alive. Um, Ryan Dunn. Ryan Dunn passed away. Fuck. No, wait. Steve just did a podcast yeah, with Bam Margera. I don't know if you know anything about Bam. Have you been keeping up with Bam? It's a bad alcoholic. Just, just, I think he just he got a, out of rehab he's or he's still problem. in rehab. Well, he's been in and out he, of rehab a million times. Well, he disappeared from his rehab spot. Right? He like went AWOL from, he, from mm-hmm. rehab. Yeah. Steve has been sober for like 15 years or something, which is kind yeah, of crazy. Yeah, he fucking yeah. his brain doing all the fucking... All the nitrous, dude. What the fuck? <laughs> that's gotta be... A lot of that's gotta be whippets, right? Oh, it's all why whippets. Is, why his that was vocal like, cords it, are so fucked? That was his favorite. I think his voice is already bad. Plus, he'd been smoking cigarettes since he was 12. and It's just a accumulation of... I'm sure whippets. Have you seen... There's pictures of him like on a bed with just a million cans dude, all over him. that is like... That's my dare stock image... I, picture in my head of why not to do inhalants is that picture steve-o's in there and there's like blood right like coming out right. somewhere you, you know he's just bleeding his shit done there's like a hundred his brain there. is bleeding yeah yeah that was he's that, done some great yeah. it, it was a billboard i believe yeah for free will or he was on a crane with a, a whale and it was to be like for sea world <laughs> and he was protesting it and um it was it was either or and um like cops and fire trucks and ambulances right. were called and whatnot and he was just like he, I think he ended up serving some time for it or community <laughs> service because it was like th- this is private property that you're on and he's like well I got permission to do it like I'm doing it hey man I just want to save the fucking orcas dude <laughs> uh, <laughs> Uh, I also found that Odell article. Um, Please get us out of the Steve-O hole. So, so he was escorted off after um, maybe drinking too much or uh, cons- I don't know. I don't want to say Ill- public intoxication, basically so- something of the sorts where he was unconscious and in and out of consciousness and the flight attendant couldn't get him up. Um, took too many muscle relaxers floating in and out of consciousness. Yeah, so so that's when the the cops got involved. He got escorted off the plane and whatnot. So he he was just, I mean, listen, his life has been so hard this year. He didn't play a single game for him. <laughs> so I mean, you know, is just, he still just worked him too hard. Uh, I think technically yes, his contract is, but I think the expectation is for him to sign. Well, the expectation was for him to sign with a team before playoffs this year. Now I feel like he's going to go into free agency and just gets willy nilly pick at whoever he wants. 
That would be kind of a cool position to be in, right? You're just a closer. You're coming in just to win the win, yeah. a, win a playoff game or two and clinch the Super Bowl, maybe get a Super Bowl touchdown. You, you didn't even play a game right. in the regular season. That'd be kind of cool. Well, also, he's a douche, so kind of fuck him, but also... What was fits funny, what was right. funny was the Giants wanting him back in the organization after he started with them. I would love that. That'd be sick. That would be, as a fan, would love it. Knowing who OBJ has been portrayed. <clears throat> Side note: One of the hosts from No Jumper. <laughs> they had a. I saw this video. <laughs> they had a trans woman on No Jumper. Adam Twenty Two interviewed her, and apparently, this woman had hooked up with one of the other hosts. They um, had edited out in quotes all the times they had talked about it. Adam didn't know that apparently before this interview that this had happened. Obviously, he did know. I'm just trying to stir the pot. Yeah. Right? So it's this whole big inner, you know, everyone's mad at everybody. It's probably just fucking, fucking fake anyways. They're like, fuck it. It's like increase it our It could be fake. Revenue. He's all about views and clout and all that type of shit, but uh, it's pretty crazy. But so anyway, so the, the guy, I was like trying to figure out what the fuck he said, and he, he was like, he's like, it's 2023. Well, isn't he, isn't he married <laughs> to Lena Paul? The... He's married to Lena the Plug. <laughs> Who... Uh, was is a porn star <coughs> giggity giggity <laughs> anyways so so the so ho- on that note so <laughs> so the, the host who get, get, got called out for or got outed for hooking up with this trans person said it's 2023 your boy yeah. was on some freaky shit that's what he said and that was his like <laughs> like fuck you world if you don't like it fuck <laughs> exactly. you it's kind of like what the dude fuck? i think like, drop fuck i respect the approach of like you gotta fuck just it, say it fuck it, this is it. If you don't like it, fuck you. You know, right. you gotta respect that. Right. So this is another great one. Now that we're in deep waters here, <laughs> there was a girl who had cancer when she was a child. Have you heard about this this story yet? I have heard of a few girls getting cancer when they're they've been children. She went through chemotherapy. She's cancer free now, but her growth has been stunted. Oh, and she's dating like a a twenty six year old, and and she's like looks like a. Five-year-old? She's 22, but looks like she's 12. Her boyfriend is How do you know about this? I did did see something on this. So, like, she's, like, three foot ten. All the podcasts are talking about it. She's not going to be able to, like, grow. (laughs) Ryan looks like he wants to punch me. (laughs) Ryan just wants to talk about that bush latte. He wants to talk about stonks or something. Stonks. Compared to what the fuck you're talking about right now. No, no, no. I, I didn't, so the question I is basically, is this guy a pedophile or is this a totally ethical Drew, relationship? What do you think, so is he? Think? My, my question for him would be... How did he meet her? How, are you attracted to that? Or Obvi- no, no, no. Did, Obviously, you attra- he's attracted to it. Or were Obviously, you attracted to... Okay, listen. There's a difference. Like, Are you attracted to like a smaller, because of why? smaller woman? Or are you... I think she's like three feet tall. So is it a size thing, or uh, I don't even you look she, like you're? I think eight she's years like fifty thing. pounds too. Is basically, it's, the, I think it's like a twelve. He, it's like it's school. like. A, I, I Drew seems like, to be in this guy's corner, man. I, <laughs> I am not in anybody's corner. Listen, if, if you're just trying to test the waters, it's just a talking point. <laughs> if she's of age, I feel like whatever. Do do your thing. She's twenty two. She's but well at, above. But at the same at the same time, like and he's kind of like twenty five or twenty six. Like yeah, like he's totally normal within his within his right. To date her, one hundred percent. Which 
What if they had what jobs where they talked to each other over the phone and he fell in love with her mind? You know, he talked to her all day. He called her about paperwork, blah, blah, blah. You know. It's, it's right. like where, one of those we, things like where, where did you get that attracted? That. Like how did you become attracted? Did he DM her on Instagram? That's way different. What? Yeah. Was he like, oh, like who's this little shoddy? Like I'm, I'm going to hit her up. Thank you. All right. We'll maneuver out of this one. But I think we all landed <laughs> on, on the right question. Because it's also fucked up, like, why couldn't this girl find love? You know? Broncos country. Let's ride. Let's ride. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. What else you got for us, Ronnie? UFC slap, Slapathon? What is it called? Oh, boy. Uh, let's talk about that. Are you, talking, are you talking about, like, the... Slap night? What is it? Dana White getting slapped and slapping his wife back. Oh, that's is that what we're story. talking about? That's, that's a, a better story than whatever a, the fuck you're talking about. That's a chapter of the story. That's okay, a, so the show got pushed two weeks because of that. They, th- they said it was bad optics that that happened, so they pushed it two weeks. Aren't they, they should have canceled the show? It's kind of strategic. It's, it kind of makes sense because they're hey, still going to make fucking money off. Dan, it. Dana White came out and apologized and had a conversation with his wife, and it, apparently everything's all good, minus the fact. What does that mean? I would say. I guess he he dressed it literally the next day. I would say no. The next day he did his fuck it Friday and did a little video about the bologna sandwich at the UFC show. Like it was like he he was like business as usual. I I guarantee it was in the first two to three days that he actually came out and like said something about it. it, But he addressed it. His wife addressed it as well. And you know what I would say is you're right. I'm giving him. I think he should be kind of scrutinized or penalized because you're in a public position, so you have a responsibility that you're not just a normal person. But at the same time, if you look at it, his wife hit him first. They were drinking. It was late at night. Not saying that it is ever okay to do that, but it would be different if it was unprovoked. She did put his hands on him first. He's also a former fighter who was intoxicated. Who's he's in, not a in fighter. Inhibitions. I- were lowered, he's so a, he's, he's kind a, of a meathead, somewhat now. of a reaction. He's a meathead. And so I, I would just end on. She also commented on it and said, like, all she was basically defending the fuck out of him, saying it's super out of character. Like we're handling it privately. Also, it's between it's, them two. Yeah. So I mean, it's fucked up. It didn't but seem also, like the first time he'd ever done that before. It didn't seem like the first time she hit him either, though. A lot of people, you want to look at the man as like the fucking aggressor, but it's both ways, bro. It's equal blame. I, you know? I agree. She, I agree. And, and she hit him first. If he hit her unprovoked, that's a totally different story. She hit him first. He also didn't Ray Rice her in the elevator exactly. or whatever the fuck, you know, it, it, it wasn't was like a, it wasn't, it, it wasn't, wasn't like a great punt, punt. And it wasn't, face. it wasn't a black eye. Right. Sure. It was still, a slap still in the fucked face. up. It was a slap in the face. Still fucked up, but yes, it, it wasn't the worst thing possible. Then, them coming out with a fucking show where they pay. Did you, I heard what the money is. Do you guys know how much this costs? So this is mimicking like that Russian uh, slap. Like you, uh, you have yeah, one hand. Dark just, web slap yeah, fight. Yeah, you gotta, dude. you gotta like slap, slap them if you knock them out because these guys are built like animals. Like just slap Giant them across heads the face. And no necks, dude. And, They're all shoulders, and they all have paws. Like, not hands, they have fucking paws. It's not a slap. It's not getting hit with your fingers. You're it's punching like, them with your palm. It's it's like the knuckle and the palm is, like, the, the main part. But, like, the point is to try point and knock contact. them out with just a uh, uh, a slap across the face. And they'll, like, line it up and whatnot. 
I put on chalk. I have a I have a cousin that went to Bishop Gorman in Las Vegas and was friends with Dana White's son. So like knowing conversations with him. Can we get him on the pod? Undoubtedly. Undoubtedly, you didn't say that that confident though. I, Undoubtedly is like pure confidence. I we can make it happen. I don't. No I don't know. I don't know. Just because like he he, <laughs> so, went, nah. he went to Columbia. Hundred percent. Yes. I didn't mean. I didn't mean undoubtedly. I meant like I don't know. Like he potentially. I have, <laughs> it, it's a. It's like what you know how you have like those really close friends like family friends that like you consider cousins. Yeah. Uncle Dana. So that that's, that's like our relationship. So like I've known him growing up in Arizona. Our families are really close with each other. We've always known each other growing up. So we're basically cousins. Um, that's really cool. I was just, just, just not like blood related. And so like, I, I, I would never force you to, I don't think that I don't get I, anything, you know, I, I haven't seen him in a, a couple of years. Like, so I, Make I don't call. know. <laughs> $2,000 to be in the slap fight. It's two and two. Okay. You pay $2,000 or they pay you $2,000? You get $2,000 to be in the fight. And then if you win, you get another 2000 And this is That's the nationally televised or like payments. internet televised if version if of it's this? sponsored yes. by UFC. This is the UFC sponsored. This is the pinnacle of that sport is what you're saying. Hypothetically. First season, but yes. It's trying to be. Well, it's like it's like um, dude, <laughs> Dana White. It's a fucking and that's, pimp, like, bro. No, that's before taxes. So you're yeah, getting but half dude, that. It, you're it, getting it, a grand. Dude. It's another version of Bellator. <laughs> no, it's not. But it, the tax Bellator on that is be real shit. mixed martial arts. This you, you're not defending yourself. You're you can't move. You're just standing just there and taking the hit. Yeah. I you're taking five to ten shots to the head for. <laughs> For maybe four hours. What I want to see is I want to see. I've seen videos of these phone booth like MMA fights. That shit is even stupid. I would love to see that become a little bit more mainstream. Just to see two people locked in a fucking telephone booth. You know how big a telephone booth is, and you're just going ham at it. So the problem with that is it's bare knuckle, and because of that, you're you're making more cuts. The gloves, you're still getting injured from the blow. But you're not cutting the skin. Bare knuckle fights, you're all bloody and you're destroyed. It's stupid. It's, it's, it's so much more dangerous. It's manly. It's more dangerous, but it's more entertaining. Get paid. <laughs> Want to make some money, kid? We got different thrills in life, I guess. I don't know. I mean, it's just it's insane to see those type of fights. Like when you're like locked in that close of quarters. All it is is uppercuts. You're just. I don't know too much about it, but I've seen it before, and I've I've always been like that would be insane to see what about rough and rowdy i'm sure you like that shit right i mean yes <laughs> <laughs> i mean uh yeah anything I, I guess i'm anything bar school like i'm i'm usually in on that right i've seen i've seen a few of them i think it's entertaining when it's like the like say two employees that have a disagreement with each other and then they're like fuck you i'm gonna fight you in rough and rowdy i do like that that's i think that's my favorite part about that event but other than that it's just like you got people from west virginia virginia like and then you have a couple and, then, and it's reoccurring meant, characters the milkman there's different people you know and stuff I, like that i did like when they had um who pac-man jones 
Right. They had Pac-Man Jones fight like their head, like their heavyweight guy. Crazy. And it was like, I think they fought. I know once, I think they fought twice now. <laughs> and I think each time it's been electric, like just to see Pac-Man Jones fight somebody. And then what, um, what, uh, who is the, there was a former MLB player. Costanza or I think it starts with a C. George Costanza? <laughs> no. I, no, I think it's George Costanza. Played for the Mets? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, just, he worked for the Yankees. Totally. Some. Uh, Drew, who's George Costanza? I, I For some reason, we Do said you know George, George Costanza. Art, Art Vanderlei? <laughs> the architect? No. I, I feel like there's a. No, he didn't play for the Mets. I think, I don't know, Drew is the Seinfeld guy, but I think George Costanza was a character on Seinfeld. Oh. Is that, is that true? Yes. True? Yes. Maybe. So he did not actually play. We are living play. in a society. <laughs> I don't think he actually played for the Mets. Maybe there's a different George Costanza. He did work for the Yankees. No, no. There's a George Costanza tied to Seinfeld. This is, this is gold. This is comedy gold. I'm right trying here. to remember this guy's name, but he's like, a, I, I want to say it's Pete Rose. No, like. I, I don't think Pete Rose was the one, but it was in that same kind of like Ty age, Cobb age group. No, that was way older. That was way before. But Ty Cobb was a similar kind of player to Pete Rose. This guy's this guy's daughter was dating Logan Paul or whatever at some point. Oh, um, name? You, but he bought somebody. Julia Rose. That's her name. Sensation. I'm gonna I'm gonna look it up. But, um, cheesecake. <laughs> I, I know that there was a former baseball player that fought a barstool employee oh. and quit after like the first round because he was just getting pissed off that he kept getting hit and cornered. Damn. Like didn't know how to box. I would never do a celebrity boxing fight. Well, you're not a fucking celebrity <laughs> and you can't box. That's probably a good idea, Drew. You might, you might never have to decline uh, the invitation. Said, that's why I said. I'm just saying, I would never do one. You don't know, man. You get famous, that shit changes you. <laughs> like, damn, I could get, I could get three million views on YouTube if I fight KSI. <laughs> <laughs> it's a different world out there, man. Shit, dude. You don't know what. I don't know what that could do for you. Flash forward five years, I'm on OnlyFans. What could it do KSI. for your podcast, Drew? <laughs> you want to make it in this fucking town? You want to make it in this It was business? Jose Canseco. Okay. Ah. So Jose Canseco bought somebody from Barstool uh, mm. at one of the rough and rowdies and quit after, I think, the first or second round just because he was just like fed up with the bullshit and then was asking for a shit ton of money in return. He fought... Uh, Billy Football, who's on uh, part of my take with Big Cat and PFT. Right, of course. <laughs> so, Meathead versus Lughead. Who wins? Any good, who? any good fight stories growing up as a kid or anything? Y'all want to see? Say it, say it for the public. I got... <laughs> Do you, do you know this story, Drew? Did I, this might have been before you came to Barlow Elementary. I was in like fourth grade or fifth grade. You know when I used to hang out with Sam Petit? We used to go. Oh, yeah, that, Sam. I remember him. Go play in that ditch off 59 and West Barlow Road. Play in that, that ditch? That ditch that had that uh, Travis Tranchatella lived there. And he had that hill and that basin basically in his front yard that was right, right, right. Just, uh, just south of West Barlow Road. 
Mm-hmm. You know what I'm talking about? Correct. Yeah. So we would all hang out there, and one day I was just talking shit to Ari Nye. Do you remember? Do you know who that is? Oh, yeah. And he tried to fight me. He was trying to fight me all day, and I kept saying to him, no, I don't want to fight you. No, I don't want to fight you. And I was like, I swear to God, like eight times, I was like, no, stop. And he kept, and he finally like squared up. And I whooped his fucking ass, dude. And I gave him a black <laughs> eye. And I get it was like, bro, the only fight I've ever I've ever been in my life. And the next day we went to school and he was in my fucking class. Yeah. And he had a fucking black eye. That's crazy. I feel like shit though about it. But I mean he, Dude, it, he it was also kind it, of right? fucking exactly, dude. I was definitely the peaceful one there because he had an older brother. So were you talking shit? Is that what was going on? I, you we were chirping were, at we him? We were both chirping, bro. That's the thing. We were both chirping. And he started getting like serious about it. And I toned it down. I was like, all right, whatever, I'll relax. And then he was like, No, let's fight. And I right. I was like, dude, you don't want to fight me at first. I was like, you don't want to fight me as a joke, like kind of taunting him a little bit, but sure. it, he kept saying it. I, and then I was more serious. Like, dude, trust me. Like, I'd put my money on you in that fight. Dude. <laughs> and I had never been in a fight before previously in my life. It was the first time I had that adrenaline rush of like, Oh shit. Like I'm fighting. He, he, this kid squared up first, bro. He squared up first. His older brother was there and his older brother was like, I was even talking to his older brother. Like, yo, watch your young brother. I'm like, not going to have a choice. I don't want to do this. And, I fucking gave you kids. Ah, yeah. Not bad. But it's kind of a funny story, but it's kind of sad too. Because I was definitely like a shitty kid like that. You know what I mean? So I was thinking you were you were talking about a different kid. Um, that now I barely remember this. But I might cut that name out. But uh, back well, in like fifth grade, I remember it was I don't know, maybe I don't I don't remember. I'm not even gonna attest to it, but. I remember that. And I remember like after school one day, I'll I was like, I'll have him on one day and we can reconcile this whole thing. I think I've actually talked about this with him. Cause you know, but Ew. I talked about it with him recently. We kind of like laughed over it, but it was like after school one day, I was you like, guys we were, come on. we were walking home and I was like, yo, let's fight. And he ran. Right. How I remember, I think I'm Tell also acting honest, high and mighty because I was on the, I was on the winning, I was on the winning team, but it was maybe five or ten of us or something. Or maybe it was just me and you. I can't remember exactly. But we were leaving at the elementary school. And we were kind of following him. And it was like, once we get off school property, we're going to fight. And he was, no, no. And he was right. He didn't want to fight you. And we were following him. And then after a while, we turned back around. It was kind of like, yeah. You know, ran him out of town. Exactly. <laughs> like, hey, we're victors. We're going back the other way. We're going home because we lived in the opposite direction. Yeah. So it's kind of like, yeah, you know, we stood. Our I remember ground. that. Like, I have a very faint right. image in my head. It was like snowing. It was like it was like winter. Right. Because we didn't. You didn't. You didn't actually fight him, but I remember that we were. It was but like a mob, like, like know, us, our like, friends versus yeah. his friends, kind of a thing, you know. Yeah, hopefully I wasn't, I don't know, was I, like, a bully in that scenario? Or I feel That's like it was, like, kind of mutual beef. Like, I don't know if I was, like, picking on him, really. But mutual I think it was beef, but, yeah, you were, you are probably picking <laughs> I have one I, where Fuck I feel really bad you. about. I feel really bad about. Tell me. We were walking home from middle school, and a friend, uh, I feel really bad about this, but we were like ginger, ginger, ginger. We were like talking that, shit, call, I t- that calling him names and stuff. That I mean, was shitty as I, fuck. I, I was up for myself shit. when I was getting called that in I know. school, and I like, I feel bad because we're talking about it in front of you. You know, it's so mean. I mean, one, I wouldn't. I get. I have a little bit of red to my hair, but I'm not 
considered I I would, a ginger. Yeah, I would not. Right. And so, that. like, that was my that was always my whole point. Like, I'm not really a ginger. Right. Like, if you're gonna make fun of me, make fun of me about something like real, real. <laughs> yeah. So it's it's one of those because that was when like the kick a ginger was like really popular from South Park. And <laughs> For whatnot. sure, this, that was this era. Hate crimes. Gingers so, have no souls. Or, yeah, gingers have no souls and whatnot. So, like, yeah. I've definitely been in, like, a situation where, like, I've stood up for myself and, like, gone into a fight. But, like, I think the which one... Which is good for you for doing that. Which, the the one time I, I would say I've been in a, like, a, a mutual fight was, like, in college uh, during my, my pledge ship. We came home from the bar one night, and one of the upperclassmen... He's a he's a former wrestler, like just he's built like a wrestler and everything like that. Was giving me shit and like I had been out drinking. Like, fuck it, I'm just gonna get in this like fight with you. <laughs> so we fuck fought, it. and it it wasn't like a fist throwing thing. It was it was more just like it, was a, mu- it was a mutual. It was other? a mutual like. He was a wrestler, so he was like, "We let's grapple. Let's just yeah. grapple. Throwing like, each other around. Whoever taps loses." Jesus. It got it got to the point where we went to the fifth round, and both him and I were just like, "Yo, fuck this. We're we're done. Like, we're just gonna go get some some water and whatnot." But I I, I was but you you held your ground. I held I held I held my ground the entire time. I was able to like, I don't know when I. Especially when I drink, I feel like I just have that like just like stupid strength that just comes out. Like I'm not built to be or at least right now, like I'm not I'm not built like I'm strong. Like I just come out and have like this it's a great way to say innate ability to just I I guess just be strong. Clobber. it's not even like a clobber kick ass take names. it's like I I feel like I, I just when you look at him and I were like fighting and everything, like he would definitely get the upper hand at points. And like, I would be sitting there like shit. And then all of a sudden I hear the countdown. They did it. Like each round was like three minutes, two minutes or, or something. But like you that. basically survived it. Like if it, if it went to decision, he would have won. That's championship but, rounds, dude. You, you did. Uh, so like, five, so like went the I, yeah, I was, the I, I was, I was like, okay, like shit. Like, I at that point, like I, I felt like I hadn't earned any of their respect for them being upperclassmen and me being a pledge at the time. Like, and I feel like it kind of like opened up that like, oh shit, this guy's for real. Like he's not he's not a a, a guy that's gonna like pit like puss out on you or whatnot. Yeah. Like he he'll he'll stand his ground. Like he's got his brother's backs. That's right. also like they get into a fight are, at the bar, it, you're gonna stick up for your boy. One hundred percent. And it's not and it's not like I'm gonna like get myself involved in something that I might not like come out like the victor. Like I right. feel like it was like one of those things like he not could afraid. he could, but like honestly like I th- I feel like he can hold his own. Right. At least enough until somebody else gets there. So it, it was like one of those things, like when we were finished up and we were going to get like water and stuff, we were out of cups. So him and I like took one of the takeout boxes and we just ripped it in half and we had water out of that's cute two lids. <laughs> Such a it frat. was it was it was it was funny, but like it was a it was a good bonding moment between yeah. like w- when you're in a fraternity like that. That's kind of hot. A lot yeah. of what you need to 
like focus on is like those bondings and like it's the same thing as networking. Bondage, yeah. Like, ooh. <laughs> Theo Vaughn has a story about how he got into a fight when he was in elementary school, and for the rest of the day, him and the guy that he fought had to stand with their hands on each other's shoulders in the hallway. They just stared at each other. That's too funny. That's it's like, of, of course, we just eventually you bury the hatchet. Fuck you, you know. You stand there. It's all right. What's you know? What do you do? What? what you start talking, then you become friends. Yeah, know? yeah. So, so it was like one of those things. Like, oh shit! Like, yeah, we we were able to like kind of like connect on it because two different personalities. I I was the only one in my pledge ship and in the group or the seniority above us, so sophomores at the time were all from mainly Kansas City, if not a couple people from Minnesota. So, like, being the only one from Illinois, like, I, it, again, like, that whole point of trying to start over and whatnot, like, you, you're just, it's hard, at least for me, to be, like, comfortable with, like, opening up again to, to those kind of people and, like, try and build those type of relationships. So it took me a while to kind of adjust to the fact that all these guys already know each other. Yeah. Right. Again, this is all natural. You're you're acting like this isn't a normal feeling to have. <laughs> it's like, yeah, of course you're nervous around all these new people that know each other. You know, of course you want to show yourself. Of course you, you know. Yeah. Like, it, for me though, it it was a weird point after like the experiences I had from moving from Arizona to Illinois. So it was like yeah. one, one of those things. Like, cool. It one awesome. I get to start uh a new chapter in my life and whatnot like like i bet there's an excitement to that of i'm starting over i'm starting new some people clean slate yeah correct but you also like for me like it was more so like i don't want to rub people the wrong way like i want to be and again normal like yeah yeah yeah, exactly it's the right thing to do you want to have like especially when you're starting from scratch like you're kind of reliant on your first impressions and you, you don't want to fuck up your social social situation for four years which is really determined in the first three weeks of college for a guy i would say so, like that's where i because that's basically uh like just networking with people in general when it comes to like your job and everything like that so it's like i i can credit a lot of like those early experiences with just growing up and like understanding new situations and like new environments and new people and being like oh like, um, like I, I never got my degree, but at the same time, you I learned feel a lot. like through my life experiences, it was easy for me to transition into like that work environment and move up the way I've done and transition between companies and different positions and earning those manager spots or uh, supervisor spots where it's like, I feel like. That's true. That How much experience really comes in handy because it, it kind of teaches you those life better skills. better parts of those life life skills. Like, right. I was gonna say, how many manager or seniority positions have you had at four or five different companies now? I mean, it is kind of interesting that you've done that at every place you've worked. You've leveled up to the next, you know. Like, and it's t- it's taken me a while. Like, in the grand scheme of things, how how young I am. Uh, in like one technically being at my age just out of college or uh, a year or two removed from college like it, it's 
no, I didn't get my, my degrees or anything like that. But at the same time, like I did get myself to a point in understanding like situations, networking, um, building your basic, I mean, if you want to compare it to like social media terms, like your profile going into these experiences and yeah, you still learned a lot from college. Reputation. Yeah. Yeah. So it, it, I feel like for me, I've based a lot of how I've been able to jump in these positions and work my way up so quickly is because of the fact like I've taken that kind of mindset and responsibility. Yeah. You're a smart guy. You're, you're a considerate person, I think as well. And you, what's so funny? It's based up. Can we add something strong? One more thing, maybe. It's a good topic. What's what's in the news right now? We got anything? All right. Cool. Ladies and gentlemen, this has been Drew Sits with. Thank you, Ryan Schwartz. Great guest. Darren Gandy, thanks. You're so welcome much. for blessing you with my presence. I was saying, I was trying not to draw too much attention, but I'm like,